it's Angela Ardolino with Your Natural Dog, and my guest today is one of my favorite integrative vets, Dr. Zach Pilosoff. You know him because he's joined me so many times on podcasts and Facebook Lives and you name it, and he's also our chief veterinary officer for CBD Dog Health, so he is an expert in adaptogens, medicinal mushrooms, and cannabis, so another reason why he's one of my favorites. But what some of you may not know about him is that he is also an emergency relief vet, which means he travels all over the United States and fills in for veterinary hospitals, emergency rooms. So today we're going to talk about what he sees come into the uh, emergency room every year during the holidays and how we can kind of give you guys tips on how to avoid some of the mistakes so many of us make as pet parents during the holidays. So enjoy. Hey, Zach. Okay, I'm going to read a statistic that I found online, um, a survey that the ASPCA did, and it says that nearly one in five lost pets goes missing after being frightened by loud noises like fireworks and um, thunderstorms, which I thought that was incredible. But you obviously saw this all the time um, with dogs getting out or getting injured because of being frightened by fireworks is this something that you are like, yep, that sounds about right? Uh, yeah, actually. So over the last three or four years, I specifically actually work on holidays. Um, I like it the best. It's the most exciting. So um, this is the time of year, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, that I'm actually working more uh, you know, compared to most of the rest of America. So I would say absolutely 100% when this time of year comes around, um, it's kind of a time where that's almost joke with you know what's going to happen and what we're going to see, but you see, um, you know, a ton of things that are maybe a bit more concentrated than what you would see throughout the year. And one of them, obviously, is um, we do see a lot of pets that actually um, are lost or abandoned, and people will bring them into the hospital in the middle of the night, and you know, we'll have to keep them there, or you know, sometimes call you know animal services or someone to help um, collect them. Or um, at the same time, we'll find dogs that people will find that were hit by cars in the middle of the night. So and they don't have you know, a family. So we find them eventually sometimes if, if the animal has a microchip, you know, we can find them. But uh, we do see that a lot uh, this time of year. And, you know, they do get scared from from the sounds that are occurring. So, you know, 4th of July is one time, but then obviously this time of year is super important as well with um, the, the fireworks that are occurring. And I want everyone to keep in mind that um, you could go to your vet, uh, probably your conventional vet, and they will prescribe something to calm your dog down. Of course, we don't like those choices. We'd prefer you give your dog something that's all natural that helps them calm them down, like CBD Dog Health's Calm Tincture, which is a full-spectrum hemp extract with lavender essential oil. But what are the other choices that you know vets normally hand out? I know at the groom shop, we have seen everything from trazodone to human volume to um, Rimadol, anything to knock the dog out, which A not the best thing for you to do for your dog, especially if you're trying to groom a dog, but also is not, it's not good for them. So is there anything else that you see that, that conventional vets are handing out to calm the dogs down? That's not good for them. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a, a good list of, of different pharmaceuticals that they use. You know, a couple you mentioned already was trazodone is probably the most common one. And what's trazodone supposed to be used for? So trazodones, yeah, trazodones and anxiolytic. It's just like in humans, you know, humans use it as a as a, one of the 
middle tier anxiolytics and antidepressants. So uh, it's it's in that category. Uh, in humans, it seems like it knocks people out really good. In dogs, it's it seems a bit more milder, but still, it's something that is a sedative. You know, it's not something that is supposed to be used on a regular basis. You know, it's kind of like if it's a it's almost like a rescue drug. Like it's a day that you know is super bad. You know, but at the same time, you know, some dogs act react really bad to it and they'll have really weird reactions and, um, or won't, won't respond at all. So, you know, it's kind of that drug, but, but unfortunately, again, it's, um, just like in the human world, um, abused a lot of times because people become frustrated with, um, their dog and the options and, you know, it's tough. A dog that's anxious all the time or has separation anxiety or is fear-based, the solution is increased training, but a lot of people don't have time for that or they don't want to do that. So, and I think if you're using a full spectrum hemp extract versus trazodone, what's happening is when you're using the full hemp extract, your full spectrum hemp extract, not only are you not causing any harm, you're only helping, but you're actually training the dog because the more times my dogs go through a thunderstorm and feel calm, the less they freak out as they get older. And now Odie's deaf, so he doesn't even hear him anymore. So it's, you know, it's, it is a training so it's calming them versus sedating them. Because when they're sedated, you can't teach them anything. When they're calm, you can. Would you agree? Yeah, and I, I've actually, you know, I've personally seen once or twice when I was, you know, over at the farm that that uh, they actually kind of seek it out now. It's almost like, you know, they know that that makes them feel better in, in a time when they're scared. So I do agree. I think that there's a big difference between um, a calming agent and a sedative slash severe, you know, I mean, um, a strong anxiolytic. So, you know, th- there's a bunch of other drugs that are used. You, you mentioned like benzos basically is, is what Valium is. And, you know, Xanax is eventually you know, the one in Xanax. Human, yes. Yeah, the one in veterinary medicine is you know, called Alprazolam. And there's a, there's a bunch of drugs. Um, you know, Espromazine even is one that has been used by a lot of doctors back in the day. There's you know, other drugs that can work. And, like I said, some some dogs tolerate them, you know, but at the same time, it's not, you know, it's a pharmaceutical and it's usually a heavy drug. It's not something that is working with our body, um, number one, and is all natural, number two. And those drugs also can develop tolerance and, you know. And then you end up giving more and it doesn't work when something all natural that causes no harm could do the trick altogether. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we're, we're confident nowadays that you should always start with all natural 100%. Awesome. I love that. That's one of my favorite things about you. <laughs> so what I don't think people understand is that some animals get scared and run and hide, or if you have them in a room or like Nina will rip up anything, but also what Nina will do. And this is funny because growing up, we had a Doberman, which Nina's a Doberman for those of you who don't know. We had a Doberman growing up that did the same thing, that when a thunderstorm or fireworks happened and their parents weren't home to address it or deal with it, it broke out and ran away. And it would run away to our house, which was great, but it would run away. And I don't think people understand that. Like Nina ran away one time over the first time she uh, met the leaf blower, you know, from the lawn (laughs) service. And she ran and ran and ran and ran and ran. And I just happened to see where she ran to so that I could jump in my car and follow her. But they just run to get away from it, I guess. And then they, we don't see them. We just read another statistic that said 80% of uh, lost pets don't get found again. So guys, if you have a new pet, which a lot of you do, 
Make sure they're not going to freak out during New Year's or fireworks or thunderstorm season because it is something that happens a lot. Let's talk about some of the other scary things during the holidays that our pets could get into because, of course, we're many people bring in, let's see, there's lots of candles <laughs> being lit, lots of cats walking around, menorahs that are lit, Christmas trees being brought in, trees being brought into the house and all kinds of crazy things being put on them. What are some of the things that you've seen come in uh, from the ER of uh, cats or dogs or any pets getting into whether decorations or into the Christmas tree or into the candles? Yeah, exactly. So on on the dog side and the cat side, I guess a lot of times it can be exposure to fire um, and hot hot items. So that's more of a dog thing, I think. And I've seen you know dogs come in with burns or wax candle burns and um, wow. stuff like that with the cats. And in addition to I guess dogs too as well sometimes, but more cats. Um, there's a lot more electrical cords around, and there's tinsel. So cats like to chew on uh, things that are linear sometimes. Um, and so they will uh, sometimes chew on those electrical cords and become electrocuted. Um, or uh, if they swallow tinsel, tinsel is something that can cause, you know, what we hear in cats a lot of times is a linear foreign body, which is essentially it's a structure that gets anchored um, somewhere in the gastrointestinal tract, somewhere from the mouth, you know, the tongue to all the way down to the colon. And it can cause a uh, an obstruction of the intestines, actually, if it gets um, lodged in there. And so um, we see a lot of that. Uh, and then at the same time, yes, uh, for some reason, I do see actually, whether you believe it or not, like the, they'll, they'll chew on the ornaments and the glass shards <laughs> will break. And it's uh, it's pretty much a well, fair game. Right. To me, it makes sense because we're literally bringing in a tree from outside or if you do a fake tree, then it's not. But you're basically putting up a cat tower that smells great and you're putting toys all over it that yeah. also smell great, look great, make cool sounds. So it totally makes sense to me. And I think we just underestimate, you know, that th the dogs look like like I had an old dog, Jack. We actually wrote a whole book called Jack and the Christmas Tree. He loved the Christmas tree so much. He would all he would do is walk around it and rub himself on it and sometimes <laughs> rub a little hard and knock the whole darn thing over. But it was the funniest thing. You never know how your pets are going to react to this, you know, big toy that you're putting in your house. So keep that in mind and I think a lot of people tinsel is evil. Don't get it. Don't do it. Tinsel <laughs> is evil to your vacuum cleaner, to your pets, uh, to everyone. So don't even bother with it. It's a mess. And I, I don't even think that it bio, it's biodegradable. I don't think so. I think it's yeah. plastic. I don't think it's good stuff. Try to keep it out of your house or see if someone makes a all-natural something that won't kill your pet if it eats it by accident. And remember, they're getting it stuck in their mouth. And I always watch dogs or cats either decide to get it out or just go ahead and swallow it. And if they swallow it, it causes a huge obstruction. My friends, uh, Jay and Adrian from the Two Crazy Cat Ladies also had uh, some wonderful suggestions, especially when it comes to cats, because they are putting a big giant cat tower covered with toys in it. And one of the things they brought up that I didn't even think about is the water in the Christmas tree hmm. bowl and that it's toxic, at least to cats, which I would assume it would make a dog sick. So make sure that, you know, the, the water from the Christmas tree I can't imagine my dogs doing it, but I've seen Maza, one of my rescues, drink some 
weird, disgusting stuff before, which I never thought she would touch. So don't underestimate them going to that water for some reason and thinking it's something yummy. Do you ever see anything like that? Or I guess they wouldn't even know why their dog is sick. They would just assume that it ate or drank something that wasn't good for them. But that's yeah. something to look out for. And then all the poisonous plants. Poinsettia. Poison. It is a poisonous plant. Like none of my dogs, even my rescues, I've never seen them go to the plants that I know are poisonous and go to eat them. However... I've had other people's dogs come visit or board with me, and I have watched them go over to a, a plant that is poisonous and just start putting it in their mouth. And you're like, what are you doing? So that's another thing that you have to look out for and don't underestimate whether an animal is going to eat it or not. But mistletoe is uh, toxic. Poinsettia, of course, is toxic to both dogs and cats. And, you know, all the little holly the holly berries and the holly are also toxic. So these are new plants that we're bringing in that we need to, to keep them out of their reach. Uh, what other things do you see? I know we're going to talk about food um, after the break, uh, which we're going to take here in a second. Let's see. Yep. We're, let's go ahead and go to break. And we come back. Let's talk about food because we know a lot of scraps get handed. We know a lot of people want to celebrate the holidays and make something special for their dogs or, you know, add something to what they're already eating. But yeah, let's talk about what foods are dangerous, what we can and cannot share with our pets when we come back. If you're like us, your pets are part of the family. That's why at CBD Dog Health, we created a line of human-grade, full-spectrum hemp products tailored specifically to your furry friend's needs. Whether they're suffering from fear of fireworks, arthritis from old age, or even seizures and cancer, research shows that a high-quality CBD oil can make a big difference for them. Enter coupon code RADIO at CBDDogHealth.com for 15% off your first order. That's R-A-D-I-O. CBD Dog Health. Healing naturally. And we're back with Dr. Zach Pilisoff talking about the holidays and our pets and what we should look out for um, since we've got so much new things going on. Another thing that I get questions about, especially with how to keep a, an animal or a pet calm, is, you know, you've got a lot of company coming over and the expectation that your pet is going to like everyone that you bring over and not keeping into not keeping in mind that noise and new people and people coming in and out, you know, causes stress for an animal. Any other stressors you can think of that, you know, we can kind of remind our audience to look out for? Because I know so many of you have new pets, so that's going to be your first time sharing the holidays with them. Well, I mean, actually, you, you just touched on the other one. So it's usually either that they're, they're left alone all day or multiple days, and they're not used to that, you know, especially, especially, you know, you know, there was the baby boomers and during COVID now it's been like the pet boomers, like literally like, yeah, there's, there's so many new pets that people have right now. So um, there's a lot of animals that have never been alone by themselves for, you know, more than a couple hours. So or in a boarding facility. So they've been home with you for a year or two years now because of COVID. And now you want to go somewhere for the first time and you're either going to travel with them or take them to a boarding facility or shut them in a room. Exactly. And then, you know, the, the last one you just said, shut them in a room, that that's what happens. You know, people are having parties and festivities over and late nights and sounds and, you know, party music. And 
the pets don't know what's going on and they're either, you know, out and about with all these people roaming around. They've never seen them before or that they're shoved in a room and they're, they're freaking out in there because they've, they, they, you know, they, they can't have, they can't be expected to know what's going on. So, you know, those are the two situations that we see where it's either no humans at all or too many humans that the best thing, honestly, to do working up to this time, which is the perfect time right now is to start to condition them or at least give them a little taste of this, what, what may be occurring. So, you know, if you're going to have a holiday party to, you know, prior to that, maybe invite a couple of friends over or a few friends over one night and, you know, just casually hang out for a bit and allow the animal to walk around and see what's going on and, you know, make sure that they don't get super scared or freak out or, you know, sometimes even animals get fear aggression. So to make sure that they're not going to have that response. And if you do see anything that makes you concerned and like, you know, like we've been talking about is that, you know, having a, you know, an all natural product available on demand is something that's great to use. Or at the same time, if you know your pet already has, you know, some level of low grade anxiety to catch it before it happens to make sure it doesn't get to a point where it can become dangerous to them and to others. Those are wonderful tips, Dr. Zach. Thank you. Also, if you are a person going to someone else's house who has dogs, let the dog come to you. Don't go to the dog. If they want to meet you and get to know you, they will. And I say that because, as you know, I have lots of dogs at my house, and I literally have a dog that is, you know, aggressive when scared. So if someone comes at her or down to her, she will nip at you. So I always am reminding people, don't touch anybody. When Jolene comes up, Who and when I tell people it's Jolene, they do not believe me <laughs> and um, because she's the sweetest. But she needs to get to know you first and on her terms. Um, otherwise, she will nip at you. And the biggest thing, because I have, I love to have people over, but I also want my dogs to stay calm, is I want people to remember to keep a routine. Don't change what you do every single day. So even when I have, you know, guests uh, staying at my house, you know, over the holidays, I still make sure that I am following the same routine that I always did. So Nina, my Doberman with osteosarcoma, I have to be very keen to what her needs are and her routine because she now doesn't interact with other dogs, only Odie. So she doesn't want to meet any new visiting dogs. She's only interested in people. So making sure that her time in her room, which is my office, she's laying at my feet right now, is the same every day. So every day between this time and this time, we're, we're in this room. And so this is her room and her bed and her toys are in here and everything she needs so that it doesn't go off of her schedule and she knows and gets you know anxious about that. So just stay with your schedule. Remember to feed them at the same time. If you need to create a schedule so they are more relaxed during the holidays, do it. Go ahead and create one now so that it doesn't seems so unusual when you are gone, you know, three nights in a row or something like that, because you're leaving and they're staying at home. So just try to your best to keep the routine, have plenty of CB Dog Health's calm tincture around to keep them calm, calming music. Lisa Spector has wonderful music uh, proven by research that you can play to keep them calm, toys, their favorite blanket, uh, you know, those types of things all help. And then you know, if they have visitors that are coming to your house that they love, let them go into the room and visit with them and say hello, and then go back out to the party so that you don't have to worry about them. Yeah. One item just that I think is not used much at all is the Thunder Jacket that is available at pretty much any, you know, it's probably one of the few products I'd say go to PetSmart and get, you know, like, <laughs> it's not many, I would say that, but that one is uh, something that 
for a lot of dogs has been a really great adjunctive modality to help them feel less anxious. And that whole thought too. So even if you don't have a thunder jacket, like I have little fleece onesies kind of things or sweaters that the dogs wear, I'll use that instead of a thunder jacket, um, which some dogs it'll work just as well as a thunder jacket. But yeah, that's something that also works and keeps them comforted. So what I want to talk about real quick is people get so scared about what foods they can and can't feed their dogs. I know a lot of people want to make something special for their dogs during the holidays. And Dr. Becker has already done it for us and narrowed it down to that. There's only six things that we have to worry about when it comes to human food and dogs. So I'm going to read those things out real quick so that you guys can hear them and know them and know that just about everything else is fair game. But of course, chocolate. We all know that chocolate, raisins, and grapes are toxic to dogs. And there's a lot of chocolate being given during the holidays. And there's even ornaments that are made out of chocolate. So keep those in mind and out of the reach of your pets. We want to keep them away from onions and leeks and chives aren't good for them. Macadamia nuts and the sweetener xylitol is toxic. And that is that um, artificial sweetener that's almost in everything now. So you really want to make sure it's not in anything that you're giving your dog And alcoholic beverages, um, ethanol uh, that's in alcoholic beverages is uh, toxic to dogs. So keep that in mind. But I know we have a question from uh, one of our listeners about feeding their dogs human food. So let's take that and then we'll elaborate a little bit more. Hi, Angie. My name is Sam. I was wondering if it's okay to supplement some of your dog's food with whatever you're eating that day. Like, specifically, sometimes I'll put a little bit of rice in their bowl, and I don't know if that's actually good for them or not. Thanks. Uh, That's an awesome question because I feel like you could say if you agree with me, Zach, but I feel like as pet parents, we've been brainwashed not to give our dogs human food, you know, that it's dangerous and don't give it to them, don't give them your scraps. But now we know that the dogs that have been fed real food scraps or living on a farm, eating whatever scraps they find out there are some of the longest living dogs. So I want to get rid of that myth. But the only thing other than what we listed that they need to be aware of is that cooked bones can be dangerous. So um, raw bones aren't dangerous, but cooked bones are. So keep that in mind when you're handing them something. Don't hand a big old turkey leg and expect that your dog is not going to eat the little bones or swallow the little bones. If that turkey leg were raw, you would have no problem. But because it's cooked, it becomes dangerous. Is there any others you could think of that, you know, during the holidays of what they could hand their dog? But pretty much everything else, I feel like, sure, give them a little bit. More real food you can incorporate in their diet, the better. Yeah, I think the main scare that comes um, outside of like a specific food type is that humans like to flavor things. So it's really not the food itself sometimes that can be irritative to the dog or mess their stomachs up because um, humans like to add different spices and different herbs to things. So, you know, when it comes to adding other foods, the food itself may be okay. And that's why, you know, we always talk about species appropriate and whole food diets in that sense. But it comes to where um, there's certain spices and herbs. So the classic um, winter spice mix that has like clove and cinnamon and, um, you know, Chinese five spice kind of mixes that stuff can sometimes be difficult for dogs to ingest and, and, and be okay with. 
you know, if we make things that are spicy, that can be difficult for them to eat. You know, if there's red pepper flakes in there or cayenne pepper and that kind of stuff. So um, <clears throat> in addition to that, you know, if things are super salty, that it depends what animal you have. Like if there's a dog that has an underlying condition, whether it's um, kidney disease or heart disease or cat and kidney disease or heart disease, then super salty things can be difficult. You know, even, you know, black pepper is good in really small amounts, as we know, um, it has some great um, terpenes in it. But at the same time, if something's super peppery, then that can be difficult for them. So, um, and then the last thing, you know, some, some dogs, you know, especially dogs that haven't been on a, you know, a species appropriate diet their whole life. And, you know, they transition some period of time, things that are very high in saturated fats can sometimes be you know, greasy and, and oily stuff can be difficult for dogs that maybe we have them stable right now. And, you know, cause we were able to transition them or, um, but if you give them something like that, that could potentially offset their, um, gut stability. So, um, you know, outside of the foods themselves, it's really kind of the, you know, the accoutrement or the additives to that food that can be a bit more difficult for them that can result in, in upset stomach and, you know, even, you know, more secondary conditions like pancreatitis, et cetera. So um, that's what I'll be looking out for. If you're going to be giving scraps off your plate, like the caller had said, just make sure that the food is kind of minimally seasoned. And, you know, if it's something that's a base and it's just one thing, then, you know, a little bit of rice is not going to be the worst, you know, some, some leftover veggies, you know, that kind of stuff. But I would be cautious on things that are, you know, heavily seasoned, spicy, or, you know, very greasy. And that would be where I would try to look out for as well. I also feel like um, we've been brainwashed to think that rice is a good thing to give a dog that has an irritated stomach or is not feeling well, which is also not true. Rice is a grain, a will turn into sugar in your dog's body, just like it does for us. So it's not my favorite choice of giving it to him. I'd give him some of your turkey or your pork or your veggies, your fresh veggies, your sweet potato, your pumpkin. All of those are wonderful things that you can give your dog. Yeah. I mean, I give my dog scraps every time we cook here. And usually it'll be, you know, if it's a piece of fish, it'll be the inside of the fish instead of the seasoned outside but lots of steamed veggies and things like that is wonderful to add to your dog's plate. Yeah, the last thing I'd say is just that um, you also want to make sure, again, this comes back to behavior, that you know it's okay to share the food with the dog, but you also want to make sure that they know when it's time for sharing and not time for sharing. So, yeah. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. Awesome. Well, everyone have a wonderful holiday with your pets and keep them safe and you keep safe. And thank you, Dr. Zach, so much for following us. You guys know that you can follow Dr. Zach on Instagram, on Facebook. He's also on cbddoghealth.com. He's the chief vet and our favorite vet here at our Rescue Fireflake Farm. So thank you, Dr. Zach, for taking the time to join us again. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. Make sure to rate, comment, subscribe, and share with your friends. And if you want your questions answered live, make sure to call in to 252-377-4555. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and at AngelaArtolino.com. And remember, you can always sign up for a full holistic consultation at cbddoghealth.com slash consultations. Introducing MycoDog, an award-winning line of medicinal mushroom extracts combined with adaptogens like ashwagandha, astragalus root, and bacopa monieri. 
made specifically for your pets. When it comes to mushrooms, sourcing really matters. Unlike other products on the market that are grown in China or elsewhere, the mushrooms in Mycodog tinctures are grown here in the United States to the highest quality standards. Mycodog offers three formulas designed to support senior dogs, as well as those suffering from dementia and canine cognitive disorder, breathing and respiratory issues, or autoimmune diseases and cancer. Use coupon code YNDPODCAST at mycodog.com for 10% off these fantastic fungi. 